Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely aligns with their goals. If you haven't got it already, and I have been harping on about this so much, you need to download my property investment expansion success formula. This is the direction that you need to take through your property investment journey. So if you haven't got it already, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. I'll put the link below in the show notes. So today I've got back by popular demand, my mom, Melanie Collins on the pod. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, it has. It's been good. I think it's been good not being on it. <laughs> <laughs> been relaxed. Be relaxed. No one sprung out of you asking you to come on some of my, uh, my ventures. Yeah, so mum came on, I think, September 2017. And we had good old chat about when you bought uh, your property in the Cotswolds and what you were doing with your bungalow in Bath. And we are going to have a catch up about what's happened since and how you feel about it, because there was a lot of people who really appreciated that first podcast for the main (coughs) thing that actually there was a lot of people who were very impressed that you'd been brave enough to do it. Um. Well, it all happened really quickly and really easily, I think. it, Yeah, it, it went through very smoothly, didn't it, I think, when it happened, that you and I discussed what we should do, how I could move to the... How I could afford to move to the Cotswolds. Yeah. And I couldn't have afforded just to outright buy a house there. So it was the best option, wasn't it, is to keep a foot in the door in Bath mm-hmm. and to buy that property... There. Yeah, it, it, it went through very quickly. It was very easy. I had super tenants at the time, um, had good advice from the mortgage advisors and everything went really well, I think. Yeah. And so to recap at the time, that was around about the time that you and dad divorced and then you bought a bungalow in Bath. And then you decided you wanted to move to the Cotswolds. So we remortgaged the property in Bath, and we took a deposit out for your one in the Cotswolds, right? So then you had two mortgages with Precise. Um, I had one with Precise Mortgages, which yeah. was the um, buy-to-let mortgage, which was interest only. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, another with Principality, which was the one for my house that I was living in. Yeah, which, which happened all really smoothly. It all happened on the same day. And then we got your tenant in pretty quickly from there on out and we we had to have the tenant in place ready to go that was one of the conditions of the mortgage from precise mortgages yeah i had to make sure that it all fell in line because i wasn't allowed to live in the property um or have it empty once we've moved so it took a little bit of planning didn't it Mm -hmm. to to get it so it all fell into place um because i had to also to enable me to have the property in the Cotswolds to have that mortgage I needed the income from the property in Bath so it all sounds very complicated but actually it worked out really well and was quite simple mm-hmm. <laughs> looking back I don't know how we did it but at the time it all seemed to be very simple um yeah so the last podcast we did was probably just 
after that had happened, maybe it a year was, after yeah, that had About happened. a year or so after, wasn't it? Um, and so we went through that whole process. And if you guys want to go back through it, I can, I'll post the link to the podcast below that we did back then so that you can have a listen to then versus what what's happened now. Um, one of the questions I kept getting was how do you, how did you hold your own as a new landlord? How, how did you feel about that? Because some of my listeners have said, wasn't your mum having sleepless nights? Um, no, I didn't really. I think, uh, I'm fortunate I've got you as a daughter, so I could ask you about what should happen and, and if there were any issues, I could speak to you about it. So I already knew, um, with your advice, about making sure that I had the gas safety check every year and that I had the electrical um, safety checks done. Um, and I was very fortunate that I had a very good tenant and we did the proper referencing on the tenant and... Um, he we had a good relationship so if there are any issues he would come to me and say you know i've got a, a water leak and then i'd get the plumber in to sort it out um i think communication is a key and mm-hmm. has always been the key is being able to talk to your tenant and making sure everything's okay having somebody that i can go to for advice which is natasha i've been very fortunate that obviously she's got all this knowledge behind her so yeah i didn't really have sleepless nights at that time um, the only thing that did start making me worry was when interest rates started rising. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a little bit of an issue because obviously you, I needed to make sure I had enough money coming in to cover all the outgoings on the property. And, and that to was backtrack fine. a little bit, that precise at the time would only give you a variable. Yeah, I'm still on that actually. It's coming yeah. to an end. And um, we took out a four-year variable rate mm-hmm. um, mortgage which was the only product that you could get at the time, but it was such a low product to start off with. We kind of banked on that not rising super steeply within the four years. And actually, to be fair, it hasn't. It just had one one six-month period, I think, where actually I was having an increase every month. And that was a little bit worrying. But on the other hand, we then... um, on the property in the Cotswolds, we had that on a two-year, and then we renegotiated that to a four-year with the same with Principality again. Mm-hmm. Natasha sort of advised me to look at that before I came to the end of my mortgage, and actually they were given the best rates yeah. because I was already a customer with them, and they were so good. Actually, I, w- I would recommend Principality. They sent me through a schedule of uh, a choice of about twenty different mortgages that I could take out with them. Yeah, at different different time periods than that, and I chose to go with a four year fixed with them, which has been really good. So I've always known what the property that I'm living in, how much that's going to cost me, and I know how much that's going to cost me going forward. Yeah, and that's been has that been useful for you in planning how you will go? How because within that time, you've changed jobs. Yes, within that time, I was made redundant. Yeah which um, was okay. Um, but then when I didn't know how much money I was going to be having coming in, it was really useful knowing how much, mon- how much money was going out. Yeah. So I think that's really good is to know that made me feel secure is you- knowing how much money I was going out. So having one mortgage that I knew exactly how much yeah. was, and that was my home, which I think was really important. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was really good. <sighs> 
although he gave me a few sleepless nights at a time, actually, it, 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 the mortgage change wasn't, the, the interest rate change wasn't very much at all. Has it gone back down? Uh, it hasn't gone back down to what it was, but it's sort of stabilised now and, and it's fine. And I think, and then we'll get you on to a fixed term come March. Yeah, which would be better. Um, and then, yeah, so last year I was made redundant and so that was a few issues. And then my very good tenant handed in his notice. Mm-hmm. which then again I think gave me a few sleepless nights when Natasha and I had a few discussions about actually what should we do should we sell the property, should we keep it mm-hmm. ticking over, should we get new tenants should we redevelop the property Yep. Um, so that was quite an interesting period, it was a little bit worrying but also quite interesting I think wasn't it? Yeah so we the bungalow sits on quite a nice big plot of land with views over the centre of Bath which are beautiful and so at the time we had been thinking I know that you'd wanted to sell the property yeah because I'd been been made redundant and being a little bit unsure about the the future yeah I sort of think it'd be easier just get rid of it and not have that added worry yeah and so we thought well okay could we maximize the potential because your more your actual mortgage fixed term was coming up in a year's time so we had a little bit of time to play with there was a little bit of money sitting in the bank which we could play with relatively risk-free so um we started the process of looking to see what we could do and we went through some development options didn't we we had development to extend to a four bed with a massive conservatory and a big kitchen extension we had the option of pulling down the property, putting up two, three beds semi-detached, but they were going to be small. And then we also had smaller options, which was to put the four bed in, so just converting using permitted development rights, the garage into a bedroom, which was a possibility. And then we could extend out the back or extend out the side. And so we did a cost analysis of that with the architects. And we had a look at it and it was interesting wasn't it really interesting to see what the plans were and then you found new tenants i did (laughs) and i think what it did was gave me a little bit of breathing room and from what natasha was really sensible really was to look at all the options yeah is to take a step back and look at the different options that i had that i didn't have to just do this knee-jerk reaction let's just sell it and get rid of it Mm-hmm. It was, you know, there there are things that you can do. Is this the best way forward? And actually looking at the income, the, the actual best option at that time, because obviously if I'd sold up, I would have had to pay um, redemption. It's £5,000 that you'd have had to have paid yeah. to get out of that mortgage early. Which really, realistically, was, was would have been very foolish. But also I needed the income because I was on... I didn't want to go back to work and work full time anymore. I wanted mm-hmm. to just work three days a week. Yeah. So actually, if I'd sold the property, I wouldn't have had any more income coming in. So looking at all the different things, we decided actually let's get a new tenant in, and we found a, a lovely family who are a Polish family. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've moved in, and they're lovely and very similar to my old tenants. They communicate very well. They're happy with the property. They quite keen they're good gardeners they love to do their garden so they're happy to keep the garden together and we increased the rent a little bit which has saved me worrying about <laughs> the interest rate 
-hmm. and actually yeah it's given us time now um we've taken them on with a tenancy with a six-month break clause yep so that if i do decide to sell then obviously it's a two-way thing and i can mm -hmm. ask the tenants to to leave yep. or if we decide actually let's keep on going i can remortgage and get much better interest rate then maybe we'll keep it longer term yes and at the time one of the big things we came across as well the market in bath for that type of property hadn't moved at all no the market in bath has flattened a bit hasn't it completely well flattened. completely flattened yeah completely it has flattened. completely flattened which again you've got to sort of think is it is it wise to sell up in that sort of market and although it is a bungalow and bungalows are a, you know a premium that there aren't many in bath mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was good i must say it was good to take a step back sometimes and re-look at all your different options mm -hmm. because you weren't in a situation where we needed to sell really desperately no. fortunately no fortunately. very fortunately yes i don't need to sell that property at the moment if i hadn't been able to get tenants then it, it would have been a different matter then yes i would have had to sell but actually the other thing that is quite good is going through that tenancy looking at tenants again it reminds you actually what a lovely property it is <laughs> i don't know why you don't think it's nice no no i know but you sort of forget don't you you i, do. I, I think I, that you forget I, I know. it becomes not your property anymore for because you're not looking at it in the same way yeah and then when you don't have tenants in it and because when i went to to visit obviously the property it's got the tenants stuff in there and it doesn't look like my my property anymore because it's got their mm. their ones and and although they had lovely tenants they cluttered it up and made it not how i would have it made me not think of it as a nice spacious bright lovely building yeah and then once all their clutter went actually i went back into actually i love this property it's really <laughs> nice i know why i bought it now it's that got that fresh lovely feel to it Yeah, and I think you're like me in that because I I always go down to mine and look round and go, that's it. I'm pulling the bathroom out or I'm taking this out and it's terrible. And then I get texts from guests who say, Miss Hesher, your your flat's really nice or this is really nice. And there I am sat worrying about what it looks like. So I get you on that. Yeah, you have to remind yourself actually the reason that I bought it in the first place was the reasons that I'm keeping it. It is actually a lovely property. And if circumstances change, maybe one day I'd move back to it because it is still a property that I like. And I think as well, I think I couldn't buy a property that I didn't like. I wouldn't buy a property mm -mm. that I didn't have a, a personal connection with in some way. Do you know what I love about that bungalow? Is that floor to ceiling radiator that you can just lean against. Yeah, that's lovely, isn't it's it? It's really nice. Is, it, is there just one? I can't remember. Yeah, it's just that one particular oh, one in, in the living room. I really like that. That's for me and the fact that things are separated in that living room really nicely yeah i i think that bungalow is actually really nice if we could add to it at any point i would that garage is just a waste of space at the moment because it's not used yeah and i do like the bungalow it's just not what i wanted i always wanted to have a house in the cotswolds yeah 
but it didn't mean I didn't like that house. It just meant that it's not the house for me at that time. Yeah. And it may be the house for me in five years' time. It may be that I might need to go and live in a bungalow. But anyway, yeah. So, so, so it has given me a few nightmares, but my advice would be get advice from somebody else. Get somebody else to help you take a step back and reevaluate why you're doing it, mm-hmm. what the good things are, mm-hmm. what the potential risks are. You need to know what the risks are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe it's a good thing. Is It is a worry when your tenants go and you think, you know, that they've gone really smoothly, but it is really good to take that step back and to get your property back for a short period of time, relook at it and then move forward again. Did you enjoy doing the let- the viewings yourself? Because yes, again, I quite like to meet people. Mm-hmm. I like. I think that you get a feel for whether or not somebody is going to look after your property. Mm-hmm. Because you use the now defunct UPAD, who since folded, um, and you we advertised it online, and they did all the paperwork for you, and you just did the viewings, which seemed to work incredibly well yeah it did it did work really really well and that was how we found david before who was your previous tenant and that worked really well and i assume that really as long as you've got tenants in there and we can get a good interest rate yeah you wouldn't actually be opposed now to keeping hold of it no i would not now not 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 now i've had that blip where i had to worry about it at the moment if we can get better once we remortgage Mm -hmm. i'm quite happy because i'm happy with the tenants yeah I think it's all down to if you get tenants that you like and you can trust yep it's great and you can or, or, not tenants you can trust necessarily tenants you can communicate with that yes. that's the key I think how do you communicate with your tenants uh, phone text you whatsapp them whatsapp them in person oh okay you know it's all those sort of things really um, and Beta, her name is, uh, the lead tenant. There's three in the property, but Beta, her partner and her brother. Um, she'll phone me if necessary. That's good. Which is really nice. Like, she we, she did sort of phone and say that she thought that the bathroom was flooding and that there, were, there was water coming out under the tiles and whatever. So uh, I think what's reassuring for her is I immediately then get someone come in to look at it. I'm not going to leave it if there's water... As it turned out, actually, they, I think they were just being a bit over-eager with the shower head. <laughs> but there wasn't any leaks, but it reassured her and sort of yeah. she could make sure that everything was fine. Yeah, I think it's just communicating with them. Yeah. So that she feels that she can talk to me and I know that I can phone her up and tell her as well if I need to speak about anything. Like about when the, the next gas inspection comes in, I'll be able to just phone her up and say, you know, is it convenient for them to call in this day or whatever. Yeah, and how do you find doing things like that? That's fine, but it's not really an issue, I don't think. Because you can talk to your tenant. If you can talk to your tenant, it's not an issue, is it? No, just phoning them up and asking them for a date and a time. Yeah. And also with contractors. Yeah. I know we'll need to find someone different now because you've had a gone, but that's March, and George will have somebody, that a plumber that you can use anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a big issue, is it? It's not it's a big just, issue. No. And it's important that it's done. It's important for me to make sure the house is safe. I want it to be safe and to be, yeah. you know, looked after. And you have reminders in your diary for when it yeah. is due. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I've got some good plumbers in Bath at the moment. I'll, okay. I'll hook you up. UPAD were very useful at the time. Yes. Yeah, they were. 
um, because they also held the deposits. But that's actually become very easy with the tenants' deposit scheme. Who've yeah. taken it over? Who actually were holding it anyway? But we're now dealing di- directly with them. How do you find using that? Because a lot of people, even though, if you're listening to this podcast, you must put your tenants' deposit in a deposit protection scheme. Please, please, if you're listening to this and you've gone, <gasps> no, I just hold it in my bank account. You're not allowed to. You're not Isn't allowed that to. Illegal. Do- <laughs> yes, but just get online right now. Open yourself up a free deposit protection account with whoever you're going to use it really doesn't matter and put that deposit in the deposit protection account and send the details to your tenant so stop what you're doing you will have my permission not to listen to the rest of this podcast if you have your tenant's deposit in your own account or under the bed under your pillow in a money box whatever you've got with it please go and put it in a safe deposit account Sorry, I have to make sure that people are doing that because it's illegal. If, if you don't do it, you have to pay the tenants compensation of three times the amount of the deposit plus their deposit back. But the good thing is, I think, from what I sort of understand from this scheme, yep. is that I'm protected as well. Yes. That if they do anything bad with the property and I feel that I, you know, I shouldn't pay them back the deposit, then I've got rights too. It's a two-way yep. thing. Yeah. And it gives me peace of mind. I don't have to think about the deposit. I don't have to worry that things can happen to it. It's all insured. You know, they... It just... I don't have to worry about that at all. I know it's in a safe place. And my tenants communicate directly with them. And yeah. I communicate directly with them and everything's safe. Yeah, so... And so you use TDS? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and they've been pretty good. Because you email them, don't you? And they help you out. I've not had any issues with them at all. We, we had a small issue, didn't we, when we first went with them, um, because they accidentally did two deposits, but one wasn't mine. One belonged to somebody else. But sorted <laughs> it out. They sorted it out very easily, didn't yes, they? they? Did. Very but quickly. Immediately, they realised, oh, okay, that that deposit shouldn't be in there, and so that went into a different deposit account. Um, but they've been very communicative. Yeah, and then they sent. Um, another email to say actually the reason that it happened and an explanation which is really a follow-up email which I thought was really good yes so yeah I'm I'm quite happy with them actually it was very simple to use very simple to sign up with very simple that they send the guarantee and everything to the tenant yeah really easy yeah yeah so that's not something to be worried about right no definitely not but definitely do it because it's peace of mind i don't have to think about the deposit anymore no that's very 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 true so i guess i've i've had this question what advice would you give to mums and dads that find themselves in similar situations to you when you started investing and you had to invest on your own um advice get advice and talk mm-hmm. it through and make sure that it's right for what you want and that you're have an idea of what it is that you you're doing this for my reason was because i wanted to live in the countryside i've always wanted to have a house in the country um you know i wanted to live in a, an old cottage and i wanted to change my lifestyle so that i you know i was freer to do the things that i wanted to do yeah um so my advice would be to think about what it is that you're doing it for. Why are you doing it? If it's purely to make money, I don't think that's the right thing. If it's to give you that lifestyle choice and to... For me, it's kept my 
it's given me the chance to live in the country, but it's also given me the option to go back to living in a town if I want to. Yeah. So it's kept my options open there. Mm-hmm. Would you buy another one? I think I would. But <laughs> if I bought another one, I would like to run it as a holiday let. Yeah. That that's what if if I bought another one, that's what I would probably do because I would quite like to have one closer to me that would still be my house and I could keep my input in it. Mm. That's that's what I would quite like. That's that's yeah, that's what I'd quite like if I was gonna do it again. Perhaps we need to see what comes out of this remortgage then. Possibly. <laughs> but if I was going to because I'd quite like to then have a business that I could run so that I'd give yeah. up going to work and it would provide me with an income maybe if it's a holiday let. Yeah. You quite like that that side of things anyway. You know, it's something I've always, always wanted to do, even before I was divorced. It's something that I really wanted to do was to have a holiday lap. So perhaps we need to put that on the vision board for 2020. So, yeah, maybe it's the time to do it now is to stop working for somebody else and, and do it for me. I don't know. But, yeah, let's, let's discuss that, <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> I just put you on the spot. Let's think about that. And it could be that I sell the property that I'm in and buy somewhere that would be more that I could make in, into a small self-contained unit that I could keep for your children to come home as, uh, and be with me mm-hmm. as well if you wanted to or and let. Yeah. Are you certain? Because you're not sure whether your current house is your forever house. No, no I'm not sure. It needs work into it. Yeah. And it's thinking about, do I want to invest some money into this property or where would I want to invest some more money? Mum's lucky in that she's got the most beautiful kitchen and she's opposite a pub that does the best Indian food. Oh, I'm really lucky, actually, because the village has got two pubs in it. Yep. <laughs> the one at the road does fish and chip, two fish and chips for the price of one on a Thursday Fishy evening. Thursday. <laughs> and a really great quiz once uh, a month. Last, really? Last Thursday of a month, yeah, it's quiz night. So fishy, fish, Thursday. fishy Thursday and a quiz night. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. No, I'm really lucky. It's really good. And then down at the bottom of the village is your the bell that's got... Oh, yeah, that's got a curry. It doesn't do pub food, it just does curries, and which is really good. And takeaway curry as well, which is really, you know, <laughs> phone up and stuff across the road and the curry's there. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> so you're, you're in a lucky position, but may not be for... The only thing is, the drawback is that the village doesn't have a shop. Yeah. So you do have to drive everywhere. Yeah. So I would imagine that my five-year plan is to, to move to somewhere that's got a shop within walking distance. You don't want to open up the village shop? No, I don't want to open up the village shop, thank you. <laughs> Mum's house used to be a bakery. Oh, yeah, it's still got the old baker's oven, hasn't it? It Which does. is really nice. So you could just open up a bread stand outside of your window? Well, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> No, it's not on my scheme of things to do. <laughs> it's not going on your vision no, board. Not going on my vision board, no. Okay. So, final question. Are you pleased with how it's gone? Would you have changed anything, done anything differently? No, I wouldn't change anything at all. I think it's worked out really, really well. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest divorcing but to do that. But, you know, if you if you do end up in a situation where you have to leave your family home, there are options, I think. You know, it's not the end of the world and you can put down new roots and yeah, I I think it's fine and I've enjoyed it. It's been a good experience. I think you've done really well with it. 
you've been brave along the way because it's pushed you out of your country comfort zone. Oh, it definitely pushes you out of your country. And and I think I still will probably have sleepless nights in the future. But the thing is, is to talk about it. Yeah. And there are always options, and not to rush into doing something as a knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thanks for coming on the podcast. That's okay. For those of you who are listening, next week, Christmas Eve, we're going to do a special family traditions podcast. So watch out for that. Thanks, Mum. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Natasha. It's been lovely being here. (laughs) And thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us on the podcast today. I can't wait to catch up with you again soon.